You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Welcome to this 91 Investment Views 2022 podcast. With me is Peter Edmonds, who is Head of Fixed Income at 91, based in London. Peter, how's the last quarter treated you? Because when I hear sustainable and when I hear EMD, I think of potential volatility, but also sustainability comes into the equation as well. Yeah, I mean, the last quarter has been a tougher quarter in general for the markets, particularly as emerging market investors with all the things going on in China and the Chinese property market have definitely seen some volatility there. Although I must say, I mean, the sustainable investments that we do, they have been a bit more resilient in this environment. We've stayed away from the worst apples and the highest beta countries that don't score so well on our ESG process. I've spoken to your colleague, Werner G. van Petiers, and he's already given us the EMD team's outlook for 2022. So I want you to talk more about the sustainability angle with a backdrop, of course, of COP26, but that's the side issue. But tell us about sustainability as part of your strategy. Sustainability and ESG plays a very important role in all our strategies, in a way. And, you know, we've held that belief from when we started, you know, back in the early 2000s, because, you know, the countries that are doing the right thing in terms of the social policies, the governance, you know, the countries that create the right environment for their people to thrive, to be healthy, to be productive, to be educated, and those countries that manage their natural wealth in a very positive, sustainable way, those are the countries we believe are going to win out and, and be on that path to be become developed countries more so than those that are not doing those things. So it is an important factor for how we run all our strategies, but but strategies where, you know, the sustainable strategy or more ESG-driven mandates for clients, clearly we give that a bigger weight and we pay even more attention to those scores and give them a higher weight in, in determining the end portfolio. You say, if the world is to achieve net zero at a speed compatible with the Paris Agreement's goals, investors' current approaches to allocating capital must change. You're obviously at the forefront of that change. Yes, and I think the point there is we, of course, we see a lot of attention from asset owners and asset managers to move their portfolios to net zero. And that is intended very well and positive, and it's important that people move that way. But we think that it is relatively easy to move your portfolio to net zero, but that doesn't mean you're helping the world achieve net zero. You know, you can easily allocate to U.S., tech companies and away from emerging markets and your portfolio looks a lot better. But if we starve emerging markets from finance, if we make it more difficult for them to borrow money to invest, then it will be even more difficult for them to transition to a net zero. They need to replace a lot of their infrastructure, invest in renewables, and they need money to do that. So a true portfolio that aims to help the world achieve net zero actually allocates to transition finance, allocates to emerging markets and helps them on that path to net zero. And I think that is what we mean when we say the way people think about allocating capital needs to change. You say if the world is to achieve net zero, investors' current approaches to allocating capital must change. Is it changing fast enough? Is it changing at all? It is starting to change, and we hope COP26 is a way that things will change faster from here. We're trying to do our bit to have conversations with our clients. If they want to you know, move to net zero, this is how you look at things, and this is how you should measure things for emerging markets. Because even though we say you need to invest in emerging markets and help them transition, you still want to hold them to account and invest in those markets that are truly doing the right things and moving the right way. And that is an important part. I think it's accelerating. I think we're seeing the right things 
starting to happen, but it still needs to accelerate from here and we want to hit those targets. Well, you're accelerating it already because you've got something called the new net zero sovereign index that you and your team have created. What is it and how does it work? Yes, so we felt it's very difficult to say, oh, I want my portfolio to drop 7% in carbon emissions every year, because then you can simply disinvest from emerging markets and put it all in tech companies, for instance, and that is counterproductive. But you still want to be sure that if you invest in emerging markets, what are they doing? Are they doing the right things? Are they moving to net zero? Do they have the right plans? Are they investing in renewables? What are the trends? Are they sticking to their fair pathway, which may be a different pathway from what we expect from the Western world to net zero. It might be a less steep path because we give emerging markets a bit more room to grow, to keep jobs, to help people out of poverty. So maybe the path to net zero is actually flat for a little while and then down. But you want to measure that. And there's some good external institutions that do that, like Climate Action Tracker or German Watch, but they only do it for subsets, 2025 emerging countries. And we reinvest in, you know, 85 is, is the universe that we look at. So we have actually used some of that methodology and applied it to the full range of countries. So now we can rank all of the emerging markets, actually it's 115 countries in our index, and we can rank them on all those measures that I mentioned and also land use, deforestation. So we have a broad index of all important data. And then we have a view of how countries are, are scoring. Then we can see, okay, is our portfolio scoring well? But also for those countries that are not scoring well, can we engage and pinpoint what they're not doing well enough and help them improve going forward? How important is the asset management industry when it comes to net zero? We use this term net zero. It'll probably be the phrase of the year in the Oxford English Dictionary next year. But how important is the asset management industry in driving net zero? I mean, apart from governments, is it an integral part of that movement? I think so. I think money talks and there is so much money being managed by the financial industry. And I think if the financial industry really, really allocates in the right areas and focuses on this, we can achieve a lot alongside, of course, governments and consumers, but I think the industry as well. Peter, thanks so much for your time. That's Peter Edmonds, who is head of fixed income at 91 based in London. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.